0: Are we living in a simulation? Is the reality that we see real at all? Or is it an illusion? How can we know the truth from a carefully projected deception? Simulation. This question has been batted around for a long time, even before the Matrix movies came out. There's a new Matrix movie coming out, by the way, which I love. I love the idea of a simulation happening all around us, and people have talked about this for a long time. We're going to get into it right here on the Manlyhood Mancast after this. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast, and here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. This is our simulation slash matrix special. We're going to ask the question, are we living in a matrix? And I really appreciate you and the way that you guys have supported the work we're doing here at Manlyhood. If you guys want to continue to support that work, please go to the Manlyhood store. So if you go to manlyhood.com slash store, you can get your Manlyhood apparel, like the cool t-shirt that I'm wearing. It's got a skull on it. And on the back. It says, man the heck up. So you can get your shirt today. We've also got mugs and other cool stuff and some books and other resources I've created that you can get those right there at the Manlyhood store. So listen, scientists, philosophers, and other kinds of thinkers, people smarter than I for a long time have asked this question, are we living in a simulation? And it really kind of sounds a little bit ridiculous, doesn't it? The idea that The Matrix isn't just science fiction. Maybe we are living in a world where a projected holographic reality is all around us. What's going on with that? Well, what do they say about it? You know, Elon Musk has some thoughts on this.
1: And how, how, how connected and interconnected is this technology going to be in our life?
2: It will be at some
1: point indistinguishable from reality. Where we'll lose this. We'll lose this. Like you and I are just looking at each other through our eyes. I see you and you see me. I think, I hope. You think so? I think you probably have regular eyes. This could be some simulation. It could. Do you entertain that?
2: Well, the argument for the simulation, I think, is quite strong. Because if you assume any improvement at all over time, any improvement, 1%, 0.1% just extend the time frame make it a thousand years a million years the universe is 13.8 billion years old what would civilization if you count it if you're very generous civilization is maybe 7 or 8,000 years old if you count it from the first writing this is nothing this is nothing Um, so if you assume any rate of improvement at all then Games will be indistinguishable from reality, or civilization will end. One of those two things will occur. Therefore, we are most likely in a simulation,
1: or we're on our way to one. Right? Well, just because we exist, we we, we could most certainly be on the road. We could be on the road to that. Right? It doesn't mean it has to. We could be in base
2: reality. It could be in base reality.
1: We could be here now on our way to the road or on our way to the destination where this can never happen again, where we are completely ingrained in some sort of an artificial technology or some sort of a symbiotic relationship with the Internet or the next level of uh, sharing information. But right now we're not there yet. That's possible too, right? It's possible that a simulation is one day going to be inevitable, that we're going to have something that's indistinguishable from regular reality. But maybe we're not there yet. That's also possible. That we're not quite there yet. That this is real? When I touch that feels very real. Maybe that's why everybody's like into like mason jars and shit. Mason jars. Suede shoes. People are into like craft restaurants and they they want raw wood. Everyone everyone wants to see metal. People, it seems like people are like longing towards some weird log cabin type nostalgia. Reality. Yeah, like holding on, like clinging, just dragging their nails through the mud. Like, don't take me yet.
2: Yes. I want to. But then, but then people will go get a mason jar with a wine stem or a handle.
1: That's dark. Makes me lose faith in humanity. Wine stem and a handle. Do they have those?
0: And Elon Musk is not alone. There's other scientists and philosophers who have posed this question over the years. And it really has created uh, an interesting intellectual dilemma. And I think it's worth looking at. Now, I'm going to propose a couple of thoughts and a couple ideas about what I think is happening. Now, I don't think that we're living in a computer simulation the way that the matrix represents, where it's, a computer program that's being piped into our brains while we're living in some kind of pod, or that it's a holographic reality being projected for us to trick us in that sense. But maybe, just maybe, there's something to the idea that there is some questions about a simulated reality. Let's look into this. So in the Matrix movie, the character named Morpheus presents Neo with a red pill and a blue pill. Now the blue pill represents everything staying the same. You continue to believe what you know to be true or what you think is true and that's okay. The status quo remains the same and nothing changes. But if you take the red pill, your eyes are opened and you'll see the truth the way it really is. Now this metaphor of the red pill has become a really interesting concept that has actually captivated the men's movement. It was actually the birth of a lot of the quote-unquote manosphere, the idea that in the red pill movement, um, honestly, I don't necessarily even agree with all the thoughts behind some of the original red pill movement, which kind of paints men in a light that um, they don't need women at all or Uh, women are inferior. It's almost misogynistic. It almost lacks honor in a way. So that quote-unquote red pill movement, I'm not a big fan of. There's also another connotation that the red pill has taken uh, in terms of the conspiracy theory movement, which I'm a conspiracy theory enthusiast. That doesn't necessarily mean I agree with all of them, but the concept that drives it is there's a truth that you need to know, and you take the red pill and your eyes will be opened to the truth. Now, Whether or not the truth they're telling you is actually the truth or not, really, you're the one that's gonna have to do the research to find out, to understand. Or you just choose to continue to stay the same and believe what you've always believed. And we can talk about what that means here in just a minute, but I love that concept, that metaphor, that the truth can be presented to you and you have the choice of whether or not you believe it. Are we living in a simulation? Like I said, I don't think that it's computer code being piped in. I think that what's really happening is cognitive dissonance. So according to simplepsychology.com, cognitive dissonance refers to a situation involving conflicting attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors. This produces a feeling of mental discomfort leading to an alteration in one of the attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors to reduce the discomfort and restore balance. We see this a lot. Where we have believed something to be true, and then we find out that it is not true. And then, instead of accepting the new truth that was true all along, we want to still continue to believe the old idea. So we have to change in our mind. We have to restructure things in order to keep believing what we want to believe. We see this all the time with politics, where... Um, we've been told that something is true, we've been fed something, and we choose to believe it over and over and over again. We believe that the government cares about us, for example, or whatever. We believe this with all of our heart. Then something happens, and we see the truth. But then instead of choosing to believe that truth— We basically have to make this mental shift that wraps around, and sometimes we end up doing mental gymnastics to try to explain it away so that we can still continue to believe this lie that we've adopted. And that's a dangerous place that we're in. As a culture, it happens all the time, and it is not unique to one political philosophy or another. And it's not unique to politics either. We see this in relationships all the time where a person, maybe you believe that this person cares about you, or this person loves you, or this person has your best interest at heart, and you believed it for a long time. But then something happens to show that this person didn't have your back or didn't believe it, and now you want to still believe it, so you do the work to create a new reality in your own mind to explain away the new truth that you've learned so that you can continue to believe the lie. Which this brings us to this concept of narrative culture. This is what I am calling this this idea of narrative culture. Who controls the narrative that we all hear? Who tells the story of what's going on? Now, this is an old concept, actually, because we've heard for much of our lives the idea that the victor gets to write the history books, right? So... We've heard that the one who wins gets to tell the story of what went down. And so we know that this is true because if we look at history and we hear from the other side of that story, sometimes it's not always as clear cut as we thought it was, right? Sometimes we know that the history that actually happened, maybe the guy that we thought was the hero wasn't quite as clean and clear as we thought he was. Uh, If we look at history and we say, for example, um, we look at the the fight that of westward expansion. You know, at the time, the victor was writing the story that the United States was uh, pursuing its manifest destiny to move west and that we were doing a good thing in moving west. And let's be honest, if we really look at what really happened, some of the things that the United States did to the indigenous peoples wasn't great. I love my country and I'm a patriot 100%. But let's be real. The story that was told doesn't always line up with the reality that happens. So the narrative starts to break down. Now, now that we're in this culture, sometimes this narrative uh, that maybe has grown up to replace it has maybe also gone a little too far the other way. Um, The narrative gets to shape how things are told and those narratives can be directed for a reason honestly we are all conditioned to accept the prevailing narrative we have textbooks and teachers and curriculums we have media and publishing all built around the idea that there's a story that needs to be told that we all have to accept as true this can be dangerous because it involves a certain degree of trust We have to trust that the people telling us this truth are telling us the truth. That's worth questioning. So let me give you an example of this, guys. We have news media. Newspapers, television, radio, the internet. These sources of information that are meant to be guided by a journalistic ethic to tell us the truth. Well, we also have found that one journalistic entity may say one thing and another journalistic entity may say another, and they may seem to be in complete contradiction. And then we have to start asking ourselves, well, which is the true and what is the truth? Well, then you need to start asking, are they really guided by a journalistic ethic or are they being guided by their own preconceived notions? And is this really true? Let's just ask another couple simple questions. Who owns the media? Who's in charge? I can think of a time when I worked at a radio station and I it was a small market station and I read a story on the air in the early morning newscast and then I was told before things got too busy, hey, listen, that story that you ran, I don't want to interfere with your journalistic integrity, but you should know that that person is... One of our advertisers, and he pays more than your salary every year. <laughs> you might not want to run that story because it paints him in an unflattering light. And so I had to think about it. Did I really want to run that story? And so I pulled the story. Now, there are journalists out there who hear that and then they get really mad. They're like, well, how dare you? That, was, that goes against all journalistic code of ethics. But you know what? I know for a fact that That's just a small market station for a very small amount of money. (laughs) My salary wasn't very big. If you want to look at billions, if you want to look at billions and billions and billions of dollars that are being spent on advertising for these large, large media conglomerates, you can bet... That somebody's asking those questions. And to answer the rest of that question, who owns the media in the first place? 15 billionaires and six corporations own and control all of the media outlets in the United States. If you're watching this on YouTube, take a look at this graph. Now, I've also included a link to it so that in the show notes so that you can click it and explore it for yourself. This is a little crazy when you really look at the way these are all interconnected. And honestly, if you really start clicking around and realizing how all these things are interconnected, you also start to see that many of these billionaires also share board memberships, and many of these corporations share board memberships with pharmaceutical and food corporations and energy corporations, and there's really just a small number of people in control of a lot of things. I know, I sound like a conspiracy theorist don't freak out because I'm not getting into the conspiracy theories. I'm not. I don't want to implant ideas into your head. I just want to say, if you simply look at who owns it, it's worth asking the question, are they telling the truth? Is there other motivations that may affect whether or not they tell the truth? It's worth asking, right? Now, that's just one of our largest institutions when we think of the media, the largest estate, right? The fifth estate. The other thing that we have to ask about is the government. Is the government telling us the truth? We would hope that in a country that is built upon the principles of freedom and justice that they would, right? That they would be telling us the truth and their best interests, the best interests of the American people would be preserved. What's funny is when you really look at the statistics, the number of people that actually trust the government is not very high. Again, it sounds like I'm putting on a tinfoil hat, but I just want you to look at what the truth and what the facts are. You can research them for yourself. I don't want to quote-unquote red-pill you into a conspiracy theorist. I just want you to ask questions. You know, the FBI and the CIA have declassified many of their documents in their case files over the years. And they're not all declassified, and some of them are declassified but still heavily redacted. But you can look through them on their own websites. And when you do, you start to see things happening that should make you question their allegiances to the Constitution of the United States and to the the freedoms that are promised and guaranteed to us. I'm not saying this to make you unpatriotic. I'm not saying this to make you mistrustful. I'm just saying this to make you ask some questions. So here's the deal. I'm going to give you a list. I'm going to give you a list of things that I want you to look up. I don't want you to look them up on the internet randomly. I want you to look up from reputable sources. I want you to research them yourself. I am not going to tell you anything about these operations. I want you to look them up. I want you to look them up for yourself. You can search for them and you can find out. Don't take the word of some rando on the internet that's stupid look up what they say about them read what happened and then tell me what your thoughts are operation mockingbird operation northwoods the tuskegee experiments the gulf of tonkin mk ultra Just that small number, that small handful of incidents, should be enough to make you ask the question. Can we trust them? Are they telling us the truth? If they didn't tell us the truth then, are they still telling us the truth now? Ask the questions, do the research, make up your own mind. It's okay if you say, you know what, I don't believe that. That's fine. You can truly choose to believe that they have your best interest at heart, but you can't deny what they are saying themselves. These things happened, and they ought to make you ask some questions. Which really brings us back to the very key question, the most important question. Back to the red pill and the blue pill itself. What is truth? I think that's part of the problem of our culture today is that we've muddied the entire idea of truth. There's this idea that there's your truth and my truth. And we say, thank you for telling your truth. No, there isn't. There's truth and there's untruth. There's truth and there's partial truth. And partial truth is really deception, which is untruth. There's truth or there's not. And as long as we continue to muddy that line, I think we're creating a culture that is just a mess and it's a wreck. And so we have so little ability to distinguish between red and blue, between true and false. And so that really answers my question. Are we living in a simulation? Is it possible that... What we are living in is a truth that is being told to us that is completely true and that we are supposed to just accept because we have trust in the people telling us. Or are we living in a situation where people are lying to us and we are supposed to question it? We're supposed to challenge it. We're supposed to evaluate it carefully and wisely. I think that what's happening is we are being told things that may or may not be true. And in many cases, we've chosen to believe things that are not true. And that, in essence, has created an internal simulation that has linked many people, including myself on occasion. There may be things that I believe that are untrue because I've been told and I chose to trust it. So my challenge is maybe what we need to do is we need to take the red pill. We need to make the decision that what we need to accept is truth at all costs, that truth is more valuable than lie, no matter what. My second observation about all of this really happened in a unique way. I've heard many people talk about glitches in The Matrix, and if you've watched the movie The Matrix, you know a glitch is almost like a deja vu or a moment that's kind of a coincidence that's too purposeful. Maybe something lines up with numbers in a way that you don't understand, and it's like, wow, why did that happen just like this? And it points to the idea of a design, of an architect. And so, over the course of the past several weeks, I've been doing interviews with people, and we have not, I have not told any of them at that time that this is what I was working on, that I was working on a podcast episode where I was going to talk about the matrix, where I was going to talk about, are we living in a simulation? And as we started talking about, coincidences or numbers or different things. For whatever reason, randomly, <laughs> something happened to connect them. And one person, we started talking about numbers tending to sync up somehow. And, and uh, the fact that my wife and I were married on the 4th of July of 98. And then on the 4th of July 99, our twins were born and how sometimes weird things happen that way. And he said, yeah, it's uh, kind of like the way that people think we're in a matrix because people You know, those are the glitches in the matrix that line up. And I said, oh, interesting, you would bring that up. And we talked about all of this. Mm -hmm. Then another friend, we were talking about something else, and we talked about some of those anomalies in a different way. And again, we came to this topic, and he had a really great observation. Are we living in a higher reality? Maybe there's something else happening here. Maybe there is not a matrix, so to speak, but maybe, maybe there's another dimension happening so while i was recording with this person recording an interview that we're going to air later in this season brennan nakane he had a thought that i thought was very relevant to this episode so i decided i'm going to go ahead and take this and we're going to use it right now so listen this is brennan nakane explaining his thoughts
3: absolutely and yeah i think that's that's the funny thing is um there's the the God in the gaps argument, but there's the opposite part where uh, scientists do not understand it, and uh, we as believers absolutely do. You know, yeah. and they've always
0: got to come up with an explanation, and it just doesn't always explain it.
3: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs>
0: Dude, I'm t- I've seen so much of that. Like a lot of people, you know, do not get the whole faith thing. They just they can't compute, and I can understand. Right. It. I try to be patient with people, but I'm
3: always like, yeah, like I've seen too much. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I always um, came up with a phrase that this life is like a, a virtual simulation with eternal consequences. Mm. Because there's so many atheists that are fine with the idea of virtual, con- um, of you know, virtual uh, simulation. I say fine, well, if Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away, then it will. And then eternity, which is the actual reality, begins and um everything else is just our test to see where where we're going to spend eternity uh, and for a lot of people that helps uh, and then it helps to explain things that are otherwise weird when they put everything as to be reality right now then it's like no are you going to die yes right were you here before no uh, who was before you and will always be after you well there's got to be something and um when i kind of attack that way people begin to start thinking and then they get uncomfortable because they begin to realize the implications of it you know some people go further and some people don't but so what if it's not
0: about a simulation what if it's about a higher reality a spiritual reality and it's not about us living here for 70 to 90 years or less or more and it's about eternity It's about forever. And for some reason, we keep getting distracted by all the things happening here. And then we see the glitches where things start to line up and they start to point to a designer. They start to point to an architect. I'm not here to preach at you. I'm not here to tell you everything that you need to know. But I will tell you, maybe there's more. Maybe it's time to start asking questions. Maybe it's time to say, okay, architect, who are you? Okay, designer, who are you? Maybe it's something that you didn't expect or refused to accept. Maybe it's something bigger, grander, and bolder than you could have ever imagined. Maybe, maybe, and just maybe, it's something better and more loving and more personal than you ever would have thought. If you've got questions about that or if you want to talk about that or if you're like, hey man, what are you even talking about? I don't know, but I'm intrigued. Dude, shoot me a message. I'd be glad to talk to you about it. I'd be glad to answer those questions or to explore it with you. I think I've got some answers. I'm pretty sure that they are the right answers, but it really doesn't matter if I just give them to you you need to explore it. You need to dig into it. You need to reach out for it. So feel free to ask me if you want to know more, and let's look into it. Let's explore it, guys. Listen, I am really glad that you guys took the time to listen to my random sci-fi rantings and my random almost but not quite conspiracy theories because it's not about that. It's about the fact that there is truth and there is not. So I want to encourage you today. Take the red pill and believe the truth because truth stands up and truth matters and truth is good. I love you guys. I care about you and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website manlyhood.com for blogs, videos, and more from our manlyhood team men you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.